Welcome to the X-Men Roundtable, an amazing group of divorced men who show up each week to a candid and short discussion about life after divorce from our various and unique experiences. I'm Jason Blount. Thank you for joining me and my friends Peter Hobler, Dustin Drun, Larry McGinnis, and Stuart Young. Here we walk shoulder to shoulder with other divorced dads simply trying to do one right thing after another as we share about relationships, fatherhood, ex-spouses, mindset, and much more. This is the X-Men Roundtable. Welcome back to the X-Men Roundtable. It's Dustin, Peter, Stuart, Larry, and Jason. We are a full quorum today. So we're, um, we, like always, are going to fly by the seat of our pants today. And we were just talking, we always say this right before we hit record button about what we should talk about. And, you know, right now there's so many like question marks out there in the economy and a lot of uncertainty out there. And we were saying that we don't, we all kind of remember being uncertain after our divorce and it doesn't necessarily even pertain just to divorce, but like anytime there's a challenge in, in life and there's uncertainty out there, what do we do? How do we respond? What do we, how do we react to that? And I was talking about my industry in real estate, how we have to talk about strategy planning and accountability and figuring out what the next steps are going to be. Um, and then trying to get over the fear of it and all of the things that come with with the uncertainty of it. And so we've done, we're just, again, flying by the seat of our pants like normal. Um, so uh, Stu actually had some really good insight on some things. Um, so do you want to continue what you were saying, Stuart, about like just some uh, like your thoughts on on what you did and how it, how it felt for you when you were kind of facing these kind of challenges back then? Yeah, can I just say that we never fly by the seat of our pants. We Always. map out what we talk about Always. meticulously every single time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was <clears throat> I was simply saying that at the time of my divorce, finances was like the number one thing on my mind because it was it absolutely um had a huge influence on how I was going to see my daughter. Obviously, she's the number one thing on my mind all the time. <clears throat> and so I thought it didn't really brilliantly end well, my, my uh, marriage. And I thought I'm going to have to do whatever I need to do to make sure that my ex is catered for so that I can get access. I can use that as leverage to get access to my daughter. It turned out that I was pretty lucky and that my ex was actually really reasonable and i know a lot of guys out there aren't that lucky but when you're when you're not that lucky it becomes even more important that your finances are in place and this is this becomes a a point of anxiety because people are worried about their job especially in times like now worried about their job worried about how much money they're going to bring in how much money that some court somewhere might say they've got to give to their other half how they're going to survive themselves, how they're going to provide a roof over their head for themselves and their children, child or children. And it all becomes all-encompassing for, for a while, at least. And I certainly remember it being all-encompassing for me. How am I going to manage this? <clears throat> and I had to end up sitting down with my ex and like planning how we were going to cope with now having to live in two separate places. And she was looking after my daughter was only three, so she was not in work as she was looking after my door and there was a there was a cost involved and it's like how are we going to cope with this 
And there was an awful lot of anxiety, but we managed to get through it. It was difficult. We managed to get through it. And I guess through this discussion we're going to have now, we're hopefully going to, we're going to give you some um, pieces of hope and some indications about how that might be managed from our, from our respective um, experiences. One thing we talked about right before, too, was uh, I was talking about challenges. And again, we were talking about real estate a little bit. And um, some of the training that we've been, I've been going through has been focused on mindset and in challenging times, turning towards other people um, in, your, in your support groups or in your sphere of influence or whatever, or that have you know, common challenges that face you and like masterminding with other people and learning how to kind of uh, collaborate and have a more of a, a kind of a support group collective situation. And I know after a divorce, I mean, that's something that I did too, is turn towards my friends and say, we're, I need help. Like not necessarily even help like financially, um, but I need help like emotionally and give me, you know, just keep me, keep, help me keep my morale up and, you know, help me stay focused on the things that I need to do next that are logical and, you know, help me with that 10,000 foot view of where I'm at because I can't see it. I'm in it right now. So tell me what you see and, you know, help me with some guidance and show me what the next logical step you see is that I should work on. And so trying to get yourself out of the, out of the situation sometimes requires that you, Again, ask for someone else's perspective. Ask for us. Ask for help, and know that you're not alone. I think uh, we were also saying that in certain uncertain times and times of fear, you do feel very alone and very lonely. Um, and know that you're not, and you don't have to do it on your own. And nor should you. You should turn towards somebody else. You know. Um, whoever that may be, Stu, you were lucky enough to have your ex-spouse to turn to and we work in a collaborative way. I know, Peter, you have your current wife. Now you guys work together very collaboratively um, in your current, you know, your current relationship, which is outstanding. But a lot of us out there are just feeling like we're out there twisting in the wind on our own, kind of what do I do now kind of a thing. Hmm. Uh, What do you guys, how do you feel about getting that support and where do you find it and where have you found it? Well, um, upon my separation, uh, and again, just a quick recap. It's just because I, I cheated on my wife and I left the house, but the people who reached out to me were, uh, people who, uh, they themselves also were at, at one end or the other of infidelity, and they were equally supporting. Um, so it, what it told me was, because you know, I, I felt very alone at that time, and I think that feeling comes around because this is the first time I've ever experienced this. It's totally foreign. Uh, I didn't know what the hell I was going to be doing, but then as it turns out, <clears throat> uh, every I would say half the people that I met uh, were divorced or half the, half the divorced people that I met were at one end or the other of infidelity, uh, which really uh, kind of opened up my eyes. And I realized that what I was feeling um, 
it's not the first time someone's cheated. It's not the last time someone's going to cheat. And it's certainly not the only person who's cheating at, at this moment. So you're not alone. It's not the first time. Um, you can you can chill and take a breath and, and uh, sort of put that into your perspective. Well, and I think it's interesting that the thing that drew the five of us together was the common thread of divorce. Um, really? I mean, it turns out that we have a lot more in common than, than just that. So that's kind of cool. But um, I think when you're looking, we talked a little bit earlier about the reticular activating system and you kind of get what you're looking for. So when you're looking for other people that are solution-based and solution-minded and, you know, um, are looking to help you, you'll find them if you look for them. But if you're looking for, you know, people that are going to complain about life and whatever, and how am I ever going to get out of this? You're going to find that too. So we turned towards each other, the five of us did and found a common, a common denominator and that we were all kind of positive minded. We all have, um, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, optimistic view of things, even though, we didn't always, but now we can look at it with the benefit of hindsight and say, you know, we all made it through this, you know, and if you're a listener and you're in the middle of something right now, you will make it through this as well. But, you know, turn towards, turn towards the light, turn towards other people. And, and we, you, there's help there for you, you know. Um, uh, you, you know, we were talking about the reticular activating system before we started recording. And for those that don't know, it's a, part of your brain that lights up when you decide you're going to buy a yellow Volkswagen and suddenly there's yellow Volkswagens all over the place. Um, <clears throat> one, uh, there, there's another component of that. that I, it's my own personal theory, but you know, you ever get that feeling that Google is listening to you. It's like, you know, I need to get a, buy a new refrigerator. And then suddenly there's ads for refrigerators all the time. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that's reticular activating system either. So, but you can take these two components and really uh, double up on your uh, uh, whatever you're searching for. Uh, well, I, I think it's important too. As you know, for me, when I first started going through the challenges, you know, the initial inclination is to reach out to friends. Well, a lot of our friends, at least my friends, would only support me. Oh, yeah, you're right. She's wrong, and that's not helpful. That's not constructive. It's being supportive, but it's certainly not being constructive. So I know for me, we started reaching out to different counselors. I think we had to six or seven by the time it was all said and done. But for me personally, it was really important to distinguish between somebody that's going to be supportive of me or, or of one of us and mm -hmm. someone that's going to be constructive. And to me, being, finding that constructive individual or persons is the only way to go. But those individuals will also make you do some work because it's up to us to figure out what we want. There's that clarity again, and then create the shifts, the changes. And uh, it's interesting because recently we've had some discussions about identity. And one of the questions was, who the hell am I? And what are the core values associated with who the hell am I or who the hell I am? Um, but yeah, finding somebody that's con constructive um, is vital. And, and there's a huge distinction between that and, the, and that's a, the supportive individuals. And it's natural to go running to the people that are supporting you, but that's probably not the best solution. It's not really a solution. It just makes things worse. Mm. 
Jason? Being honest, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. Um, a couple things were said really triggering stuff in my mind. The reticular, reticular activating system, making those choices who you want to seek counsel from. And if I may, when when I was going through my divorce, and even for those that are going through right now, if it's a divorce or feeling the pressures of the economic climate and how it's impacting your business, we have to be very careful not to go after what we want in terms of counsel and comfort and strive for reality. Have those people that are going to speak reality to us, like, like Peter was saying, as opposed to telling us the things that we want to hear that may kind of feel good, be a pat on the back, be a stroke to the ego. But they really don't do us anything tangible good or give us reality when we when we want to write our own ship have a better mindset fix a problem as opposed to just being told you are wronged you're you're absolutely right and then you're commiserating together because going back to the the activating the reticular activating system that part of our brain we are wired for comfort and we want we want those ego strokes and we want to be told everything's going to be okay and we have to be careful there's a positive side of that and there's the negative side where we start commiserating with people and people tell us we're right and we have every right to feel the way we do and we're all in this together and then we're all just kind of leaves in the wind together we're not taking control of our lives so to if we to be intentional about our days is what i discovered and it took me a long time i was really that leaf in the wind just kind of tumbling and bumbling trying to um recover from my divorce and and the financial losses from it. But I had a scarcity mindset. I didn't want anything to be taken from me, assets or money. And I was working two jobs, collecting bottles, giving plasma, doing whatever I could. And when you're in that scarcity mindset, you have a short-term thinking. It's month to month. I got to get this bill paid off. I got to have this money set aside first for my child support and for a birthday or for school coming up. And I can't spend anything, anything else. So you get into a scarcity mindset. You play it safe. And you're so safe. You're so anxious. And when you're in that, that poor relationship with money, and it really, I didn't even realize what was going on until years later where I really started developing myself and learning these things. But at the time, that's exactly what was happening. I had a poor relationship with money. I came from a, a background in my, in my faith that said, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. And and I, I think that's a I think that's a bad use of that. I think it's okay to love your resources. It's not not to fall in love with money and be greedy, but it's 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 good to appreciate and love the the money, the return of that energy from the services we provide and to and to strive to want to do better. But when we get that scarcity mindset, we have all these doubts that creep in and, and all these worries, and then they fester into just being anxious about the future. And here's what happens in those neural pathways of our minds. And you guys can disagree or think about this, but we can be in a mood one day about something. And we'll just, since we're on money, we are in a mood one day of being scared about the, the bills coming up. Um, how am I going to pay for my child support? What's, what is my bank account going to look like? What are my stocks going to do? We're all in that, we get in that mood. If that carries on too long, that, that jumps into our personality. We become scared of, of losing money. And then we start acting that way. And then this kind of leaks out around the edges. We may have a smile on our face, but you know, I wonder for my kids, I was told by my ex, and I didn't believe at the time, but my stress about money was leaking out around the edges. My kids felt it. So it, it becomes part of our personality, it kind of leaks out. And it keeps us when we're in this from being creative, which is the very thing we need to do. We talked about that too before that we hit the go button on this, about being creative, about constantly prospecting for new clients, seeking new opportunities. But when we're hunkered down, we're in that safety mindset, scarcity mindset, and we're have that personality of doubt and fear that's festered for a long time, 
that takes away our boldness because in there, there's some guilt and shame that's coming all across too, probably. Why did I make that investment? Why did I do this? And then that takes away our boldness to act on creativity. So getting together, being intentional about your day, intentional about the people you seek counsel from. Don't go to the people that are just going to give you a pat on the back. Give the people that, go to the people that are going to give you a dose of reality and honesty. And do that with set intentions for your day to have a long-term thinking. The stock market will has its ups and downs. It's it's understandable to have tighten the belt and to have a budget that's a little tighter than it was a couple of months ago. But really work towards having a long-term game plan. Really work towards thinking from that point of you know, five, ten, or a year or five, ten years from now, and think from that point as opposed to one day, a year from now, it'll be like this. Start thinking from that standpoint. It'll take you out of that scarcity mindset and allow you to think more creatively. Okay, a year from now, things are going to be much better. So, what do I need to do to, for, to make that happen? I need to step up. I need to start prospecting and start meeting people. I need to start whatever I'm starting to do. It has to be from a positive standpoint as opposed to just kind of hunkering down and holding on. Yeah, I think. Okay, then. <laughs> what, I, what I do, what I do. You know, to, did to I leave the room? On, to touch back on what Peter was saying earlier about um, uh, uh, the whole, you know, the plan is accountability, holding yourself oh, about, you know, the circles that you run in and people telling you, kind of placating you and telling you what you think they want, what they think you want to hear. I mean, at some point there has to be um, a self-awareness and a, an honesty with yourself about, um, okay, yeah, I appreciate what you're telling me, everybody, you know, friends of mine who are just saying, you know, just kind of giving me, you know, lip service about whatever. Thank you. But what, where's the solution in that? Where's the positive, where's the next step for me with that? Great. She was, she did that to me or that, that sucked. And yeah. All right. Whatever that was, was, but now what do we do? And so coming up with a plan next is kind of what you should be looking for. Like, what is the next step? What is, um, you know, what are we going to do now? Um, and so the next thing would be for me, I think is getting an accountability coach or getting somebody that can be honest with you about what you're, what you need to do next to your point. Um, Jason about, um, you know, having a strategy plan and looking to the future, like having that timeline of things that, all right, so this is, these are the things I need to accomplish. And this is when I need to accomplish them by it's basic strategy planning, right. And turning it into a kind of like business decisions versus, you know, getting in your feels about everything. Your feels are your feels. The way you felt about something happening, happening was what it was put that to the side and then think about if it's about money, if it's about scarcity mindset, if it's about figuring out a way to pivot and um, evolve and grow and whatever, what is that? What does that look like? Clarity, as Peter always says, is the, is the key there. Like you have to break it down into smaller pieces and, and, and not get super overwhelmed by like the whole thing of it. Just, what do I, what can I do? We always talk about the 1%. What can I do 1% today that I didn't do yesterday so I can get to the next level? Um, and over time, like build on those things and stack those, stack those, those wins as Ed Milet likes to talk about stacking wins. Um, and, you know, to your point, Larry, about 
realizing how many people out there are dealing with the same stuff or have dealt with things like you don't know what's in somebody else's, I mean, unless you ask them and they, I mean, there's so many people out there that feel and have dealt with or have experienced the similar things that you, that the five of us have experienced. And then we just have to dig in sometimes and ask the question like, Hey, or raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm having trouble here. Who, who can help me with this problem? And you'd be surprised if you just ask the question, you know, who, who can help me? <laughs> Anybody out there? Um, and as men, we don't like to ask for help too. And I think that's something that's also been coming up, but, um, but there's no shame in it. And there's no, and, and, and if the why is your kids and, you know, your happiness and your, your health, then absolutely it is imperative that you seek these things out and have that particular activating system working for you, not against you. Right. Yeah. That, I think one the last thing I just wrote there, I wrote three things down was that use the reticulating, the reticular activating system positively. So if we know that when we're going to, if we bought a yellow Volkswagen, like Larry said, we're going to see yellow Volkswagens everywhere. Like they've come out of the woodwork all of a sudden because we got one. No, they've always been there. We just didn't notice them before. So we can actually prime ourselves to notice the things that we want to notice. So opportunities, uh, you know, more income, better jobs, better housing, whatever it is, better, better environment for our children. We can actually make ourselves think about that so that then we, we activate that RAS so we start noticing where it is. It really helps with understanding opportunities. Uh, going to your point, Dustin, about making sure that, and probably everybody else's point, keeping the company that, we, that we're in <clears throat> in an intentional way. We've got best friends and stuff, and they, those best friends are going to be there whether we want them or not. Um, that whether they're saying the right things or not, and they're your best friends. So you've got to keep them anyway. But there are, there are a bunch of friends that are going to come out of the woodwork that are going to be saying, yeah, all women are this and that and da-da-da and this and she was a this and she was a that and blah, blah, blah. You know what? That'll be fine. That'll be fine right at that really harsh, painful moment when you need the validity and you need the you're, you're okay, it's not your fault kind of support. But that's not going to get you through this whole process. You need the people that are going to say, hey, man, what's the route forward? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Because Facebook is full of groups where people are all bitching around women and about women being the enemy. And it's just not, it's not productive. Mm. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help your children because they'll see through that. They'll see that attitude in you. And it's, uh, the quicker you can get over that piece that you need, where everyone's saying she was wrong, she was wrong, she was wrong, and you and you get this validation. This, the quicker you can get through that, the better you'll be. And then uh, something you were saying, Jason, about money immediately just sparked my brain about like Jesus, right? I'm not a believer, right? But I know a lot of people out there that might be listening to this are, are probably believers. Jesus was a carpenter. I bet. Jesus as a carpenter was like every other carpenter, and they have real deep respect for their tools, right? The chisels, the hammers, the saws, they keep them in really brilliant condition because that's the tools of their trade. Money is a tool. That's all it is. It's okay to have deep respect for money. 
because it is the carpenter's tool, right? In my humble opinion. So we shouldn't be thinking about, oh, I'm I'm loving money and that's wrong. And no, no, no. Keeping a roof over your head and your children's head requires money. So have a deep respect for that money. And then do all of these other things that everyone else here in this group is saying about um, keeping your keeping your mind open, keeping your mind open emotionally, keeping your mind open financially, keeping your mind open spiritually. All of these things are going to help you activate your RES so you see the opportunities that are going to help you the best. That's what, sorry, I just wrote all that down. I have to pour it out. You wrote all that down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every word, every word. I just read it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, for something that we just kind of just, again, again, we plan this out. We, we have an outline here in this conversation. We knew all of the things that we were going to talk about before we hit record. So, you know, I think we've checked <laughs> yeah. all the boxes, I think, that we wanted to cover today. Uh, any closing thoughts on this, you guys? I mean, I, we've covered, we went kind of all over the place, but I think we stayed on task. But um, any closing thoughts? There's just, there, there's so many important aspects to what we're talking about. And everybody had, I think, some really important, impacting uh, comments, thoughts, suggestions, if you will, for people. And I think it's all based on our personal experience. But to me, to have that awareness um, to make sure you're not going out and just finding those people that are just going to support you. And, you know, if that's what's happening for the X or X to be, and she's surrounding herself with, with her girlfriends and they're just, oh yeah, he's an asshole, whatever. Um, just know that that situation could get worse and it's going to be up to you to create positive change. So you're really going to have to create some shifts in your mindset in yourself and um, in your approach, maybe with how you're, you're saying things, doing things. Uh, but no, I think this was a really um, meaningful conversation we had today. So thank you one and all. Mm. Yeah. Keep good well, company. That's all I'd say. Call, call to action maybe for me would be looking at things kind of in a, if you can, as in, as, uh, objectively as you can about what the situation see things how they are not how you are that whole thing like um and then come up with whatever your challenges are uh, be accountable to yourself and come up with a plan just a small plan it doesn't have to be you got, don't have to figure it out right now just figure out today and what am i going to do to the next you know to get to that next step as big or small as that may be whatever you can handle um, and everyone's different for everybody. You know, some people can make quantum leap steps and they go, I can handle this and whatever, but, and that's great, but don't, don't beat yourself up if that's not you. <laughs> so, um, all right, guys, anything else before we shut her down for the day? I think an important question to keep in mind through all this is, would be, how are my actions, how are my words impacting the kids when there are kids involved? I think that's really important because that can really help you to, to that question will uh, increase your awareness and really help you create the, the positive shifts and changes you need to. Mm. Yeah. Good word. Mm. Well, thanks you guys. And by the way, happy birthday, Jason Blount. Happy birthday. birthday, to happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. right. Well, old as I am now. <laughs> 30 feels great. 30 yeah, feels great. 30. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today. We appreciate you listening, and we hope we've helped you in any way. And reach out to any of us if you have any questions or have a need. All right? Thanks, you guys. Take care. Take care. Yep. You guys. Well, I'd say that's a wrap. We hope that our time together has inspired you, lifted you up, and given you hope. We all know how difficult divorce is, and so we believe it's important to share these things and let you know that you're not alone. As a man, as a father, as a human being, it matters how you show up in this world. So hang in there. Now, if you like what you got out of this episode, please be sure and hit the subscribe button below and leave us a comment or review. Oh, and please be sure to recommend it to a friend as well. Now, for more information about this episode and about us X-Men, simply check out the episode description. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or just want to drop us a comment or a question, you can reach us at thexmenroundtable at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll support you in any way that we can. Now, until next week, friends, this has been the X-Men Roundtable.